Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. So we're going to jump into commands again today. When you look into the Bible, you can basically categorize uh, uh, plans or, or commands. Uh, you can categorize them uh, as moral code. You can categorize them as uh, civil uh, laws. You can categorize them as social commands. And you can categorize them as religious commands. Today, we're just going to talk about moral commands. And we're going to be very specific. We're going to talk about the Ten Commandments. We're not going to break the Ten Commandments down. We are going to read them. We're going to look at them. But I'm going, we're going to look at the power of the Ten Commandments and, and, how, and, and how they are meant for us, uh, uh, what, what, they, what they're meant for uh, in general. So let's go ahead and do that. I have a slide, yeah. You guys got that up there? Should be slide number two. I'm rushing you, Dennis. All right, here we go. Let's say it together. Number, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and mother. Six, thou shalt not kill. Uh, seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. And number ten, thou shalt not uh, covet. First thing we, we know about the Ten Commandments, which really lays a foundation and gives us insight into the Ten Commandments, is uh, the medium in which they were uh, made. So the Ten Commandments was wrote in stone. No other commandment in Scripture was wrote in stone except for the Ten Commandments. For me, now the Bible doesn't say this, but for me, this means that the Ten Commandments are unchangeable. They're not altered. They're not taken away. They're not added to. They are unchangeable. They were wrote in stone. Now, when you look at <clears throat> command categories, like the ones I read, moral, civil, social, religious, the other three has changed. Like in the New Testament, we don't live by the civil code that was lived by in the Old Testament. Civilly, we do not live according to Judaism. Uh, socially. We don't live by the same social codes that they lived by uh, in the Old Testament. It's, it's different now. Uh, again, we don't live by religious rituals that was lived by uh, in the Old Testament. We don't sacrifice animals to worship God. So what you have in the Old Testament is some things that was changed and some things that was not changed. Some of the things that was not changed is like I just said, is the Ten Commandments. They were written stone. 
and it's so important uh, and the idea that they are unchangeable is backed up by the fact that Moses became angry and he threw the tablets of stone down and they broke and what did God have him do again? He rewrote them and what did he rewrite them in? He rewrote them in stone. So it goes to show us and it teaches us that the Ten Commandments was meant to be written in stone. They are not to be changed and they forever will be the standard in which God builds his word upon or the standard in which God declares truth for his people. Everything always goes back to the Ten Commandments. Now, in a minute, we'll, there is a foundation in which the Ten, Ten Commandments is built upon. Uh, the commands of God can almost be like a pyramid effect. You have, which uh, in a minute I'll share with you, which is, I'll go ahead and say it now, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the Bible says, uh, that all, all, it says the word all, all the law and all the prophets have been written upon this. So God's commands is really like a pyramid effect. The base of the pyramid is loving God and loving your neighbor. Right above that base is the Ten, ten Commandments. Right above the Ten Commandments is you have extra moral laws that you find in the New Testament that is based off the Ten Laws that you have in the Ten Commandments. So you really have a pyramid, but in the pyramid effect, none is less than the other. So they're all very important, and they all point us toward God. So getting back to the Ten Commandments, so you can actually categorize the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments is based off of our relationship with God and our relationship with a people. So the first four Ten Commandments, can we please go to that slide? Let's just keep it up there, please, Dennis. So the first four, have no other gods before me. Don't make any graven images. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. These are all God-based. So when we break these, like if we break these, if I break one of these, I'm not hurting you. Right? Like... If, if I worship another God, that's not a sin to you. Like, I'm not doing nothing against you, but what I am doing is I'm absolutely doing something against God. But now the next six, four through ten, is actually sins against your fellow brother or sister. So it sins against humanity. And But the thing is, the Bible does say, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. That's Jesus speaking. And so when... So indirectly, if we fall to the, to the, to the six, then what we've, we really fall to is we are sinning against God because of how we are affecting uh, uh, one another, how we are affecting uh, humanity. So it's really important that we begin to realize what the Ten Commandments is built upon. So, God, so, G, so Jesus said, Greatest commandment is to love God. The second is to love neighbors because everything has been built up on this. You can see that being confirmed just because of the four being toward God and the six being toward man. Uh, 
Because if we love God with all of our heart, we're not going to break the first four. And if we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we're not going to break the second six. Does that make sense? And when you begin to study New Testament commands given by Jesus or even other apostles uh, or, the, or some of the apostles, you will, you will come across that they are linked. They are linked to the Ten Commandments. For like, for, for, for example, uh, let's, you know, Galatians 5. So Galatians 5 gives a list of 16 things that, that we shouldn't do. And when you when, when you look at Galatians five, like it like it talks about jealousies, it talks about uh, envy, uh, and really those two things here is connected to covet. If you covet what your neighbor has, there is jealousy that's rooted in your heart. If you covet what your neighbor had, there is envy rooted in your heart. Does that make sense? So that's just a little example. So that's why. The commands of God is of, is of a pyramid effect. They're built on top of one another. But the commands of God, they lead us uh, uh, to God. And it's really important that we realize this. Now, the second thing uh, I'm going to bring out today is the fact that for me, I, I not only believe that the Ten, ten Commandments are, are, are irrevocable. They're not changeable. They're written in stone. I personally believe they make the difference in heaven or hell. Some people agree, some people disagree. There's an argument on whether uh, a Christian will go to heaven or hell if they commit certain acts. And I kind of straddle that fence. Uh, I'm, I, I don't judge people. I don't send people to hell through my, through, through my conversations or through, through my, my, my speaking. And you know that about me. But I do believe that if someone breaks the Ten Commandments uh, in, in, a, in, in, in a consistent way, uh, that their soul is jeopardized when it comes to humanity, or eternity, excuse me. And this is why I say that. Let me take you to Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 16 through 22. This is Jesus' conversation with a, a rich young ruler. Uh, now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing... Shall I do that I may have eternal life? So that we have, let's understand this question right here. So this guy, this guy is going to Jesus and he's saying, what, you know, what good thing must I do uh, in order for me to have eternal life? Not eternal damnation, but eternal life. And then Jesus said to him, so he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. Now, that is a very interesting statement right there, which begs uh, another topic altogether. And then Jesus went on to say, but if you want to enter into life, if you want to enter into life. Now, Jesus so oftentimes just doesn't speak in the context of singles. He he so oftentimes speaks in the context of plurals. So usually when Jesus is saying one thing, he's just not talking about one thing. He's talking about multiples. So Jesus said, if you want to enter into life, he said, keep the commandments. So when he said enter into life, he's basically meaning life. If you want to have life here on earth and if you want to have life in eternity 
Now, we know he is talking about eternity because he's answering the question directly. Because the man asked a direct question, Jesus gave him a direct answer. If you want to enter into life, meaning eternal life, you have to keep the commandments. But I believe, because I see scripture as direct principles and indirect principles, I also believe Jesus was indirectly saying, if you want to have a good life, if you want to have a blessed life, if you want a life filled with the promises of God, you need to keep the commandments. So I personally believe that Jesus was speaking vertically and Jesus was speaking horizontally because the heart of God, when God laid down the law and when you read the Bible, it is never one dimensional. It is never just horizontal and it is never just vertical. So when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are vertical the second six are horizontal in other words this is between us and God and and the other six is between you and I it's vertical and horizontal so when Jesus was laying down he was answering this question because he never speaks in one dimension Jesus was given a direct answer which was a the answer of a vertical life he was also given an indirect Wrecked uh, uh, answer saying, If you want a good horizontal life, then you got to keep the commandments as well. Am I making sense? And then the young guy was like, Which ones? <clears throat> Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, uh, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Now, there's an interesting little thing here. What we don't know is if uh, Jesus was interrupted or not. So Jesus immediately began to quote the ten. He gave, he gave five of the Ten Commandments, and then he gave, a, he, he gave the second greatest commandment in which the Ten Commandments are built upon. And then all of a sudden, we have the rich young ruler like we don't know we don't know if the rich young ruler interrupted him and he stopped Jesus from giving the rest of the 10 commandments we don't really know what happened but Jesus was was basically answering him as far as what commands should I obey to have eternal life and Jesus's answer was the 10 commandments does that make sense so that's why because if, if, if some here, here's a possible argument, a possible argument is Jesus just said, the only thing I have to do to keep to, to have eternal life is I don't need to kill anybody. I don't need to betray my spouse. I don't need to be a thief. I don't need to be a liar. I got to respect and honor my parents. And I just need to love the dude next to me. I'm good to go. They with that idea. We can take the assumption that all roads, all spiritual roads, all religious roads leads to the same God. So with that concept, we can take the idea that I can believe in a other God, but as long as I obey, obey these things, then I'm still going to go to heaven. But that doesn't correlate with the rest of scripture, does it? No, not whatsoever. So we we know and we realize that just because Jesus didn't say the rest of the five commandments that he was leaving the five the other five commandments out on purpose as if to say we don't have to obey those to have eternal life 
So something happened for him not to complete the question. And in my mind, I possibly see a scenario happening. You have a zealous young leader, and we know how zealous young people can get. They can ask you a question, and you start answering, and all of a sudden what happens? They just interrupt you with something they think they know. So for me, when I see this, I basically see Jesus saying directly and indirectly that it's the Ten Commandments that will give you eternal life or the lack of obeying the Ten Commandments could give you eternal damnation. That's my personal belief, and that is definitely how I live my life uh, when it comes to... uh, considering heaven or hell and I would encourage you to consider to consider that right there when it comes to heaven or hell see there's a reason the ten commandments was wrote in stone there's a reason they're irrevocable they're unchangeable There's a reason that they were split in two out of a man's anger, and then God said, oh, no, you're just doing it over again. You're rewriting these babies, and these are so important to me that they are going to be put in the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant contained the Ten Commandments, and the Ark of the Covenant was this sacred box, if you don't know, that if anybody touched, like no human flesh was ever, ever, ever allowed to touch this box because because it represented the presence of God. Aaron's uh, Aaron's, uh, budding rod was in there. Uh, The Ten Commandments uh, was in there. In fact, uh, the Ten Commandments was being carried by a wooden pose, and it almost fell over, and one of the workers, which was a child of God, went to keep it from falling over, and as soon as he touched the box, he fell over dead. So even his good intentions and his goodwill caused him to fall over dead. Now, the reason I'm saying this is to show us the uh, absolute importance and the sacredness of the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments was written in stone. stone. They was put inside of, of the Ark of the Covenant that no one was allowed to touch. The Ark of the Covenant uh, represented the presence of God. So it's as if the Ten Commandments came out of the heart of God. And there was cherubim that was up on top of the uh, golden cherubim, up on top of the Ark of, of the Covenant to create uh, protection as a sign of protecting what's in the Ark of the Covenant. And then God would meet with the high priest once a year in the center of the cherubim that was upon top of the Ark of the Covenant. But it all goes back to the contents of the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant had the Ten Commandments, which teaches us the Ten Commandments is at the very core of God himself. And the Ten Commandments is the foundation in which the presence of God manifests. And it's unchangeable. And now, my some of you might disagree. I don't believe that God's grace covers disobeying the Ten Commandments. You had a young, rich young ruler who was a follower of the law, and he asked the simple question: "What must I do to have eternal life?" And Jesus began to quote. The Ten Commandments. 
He didn't get inside the law. He didn't get inside Judaism. He didn't get inside of, of the idea of a new covenant. He didn't get inside of just believe in me. No, he simply began to quote the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is so important. They not only allow us to stay good with man, but they allow us to stay good with God. Now, there's a second part to this story. Let me read it to you, starting with verse 21, right where I left off. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So what we get from this is that the Ten Commandments is the standard. It's the base. But there's other things that we should consider and apply to our life and that we should obey. Because there's things that we that we teach as, as ministers of the faith that we don't do. For instance, drunkenness. The Bible, throughout Scripture, teaches against getting drunk. You cannot argue that. But getting drunk is nowhere in the Ten Commandments. But now let's go take this a little bit deeper. There's another Scripture, and I'm, I'm sorry I, I go blank on, 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 on numbers. But there's another place in the Old Testament that says it's not what goes in a person that defiles him, but it's what comes out of a person that defiles him. When we get drunk, what comes out of us? I mean, we're not going to go through the list today, but there is a list of, lack of better terms, a lack of creative terms, bad things that people do when they get drunk. Marriages has been broken. Families has been destroyed. Lives have been killed. Money has been lost. I mean, we can go through so much uh, on the effects, just the practical, logical effects of what, happens and what we potentially do when we get drunk but the bible that are not about the ten commandments does not say don't get drunk but we know that the ten commandments is built off of a lower foundational command of loving your neighbor as yourself and loving, and loving God with all your heart and all your soul. So when you go get drunk and what comes out of you is harshness, anger, uh, violence, ab abuse, stupidity, foolishness, all these things that happen when you get drunk, number one, you are harming your neighbor. Right? And you are unable to be a true worshiper of God. So Jesus said God is looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he calls those true worshipers. When you are intoxicated and you are influenced by alcohol, can you honestly say you are able to be a true worshiper? 
No. Why? Because you are influenced. You have been mentally and emotionally changed by a chemical that you've put inside of you. And since you cannot truly worship God, guess what? You cannot love God with all your soul and all your heart and all your mind. You definitely cannot love him with all your mind because you're consumed and controlled by the alcohol that is in your bloodstream that is altering your mind. So I think it's really safe to say that this is a sin and this is wrong, even though the Ten Commandments don't list it. Am I making sense? So me giving you the importance of the Ten Commandments, I am not giving you a license to do other stuff that the Ten Commandments doesn't list. You should... You should have enough heart. We should have enough heart and desire for God that we search out... uh, uh, the rights and wrongs that we should open our heart and open our mind onto the choices we choose and how they affect God and how they affect people and not be so caught up in selfishness. Well, I want to do this. Well, I want to act this way. Well, I want to smoke this or I want to drink this or I I, I want to treat this person this way or I want to uh, lie this way. Whatever the case may be, we should be we should have enough love for God and enough love for our neighbor. And we should be um, have a heart to really examine our actions, even though the Ten Commandments doesn't say it. Because everything does go back to the Ten Commandments. I mean, everything that the Bible tells us that is morally wrong, you can connect to the Ten Commandments in some form or fashion. Now, I call that indirectly disobeying the Ten Commandments. It's why it's so important That's why they're so important for us. And it's a part of my job to teach you this. Like I wouldn't be doing you justice if I just got up here and entertained you and motivated you to follow your dreams. There's enough motivational speakers out there in church and outside of church that does a way better job motivating you than I ever could because I'm not a motivator. But what I can do is I can teach you the truth, not based off my opinion. And then if you notice, I will tell you when it's my opinion. And I feel like as a pastor, I should give you my opinion so you can just kind of see how someone else thinks and how someone and how someone else feels. But if you notice, 90 percent of what I share with you is based off what the Bible teaches us. Because my desire is to teach you the truth. But there's an underlying desire when it comes to you and I, and that's my desire for you to be blessed. Like, I authentically desire for you to live a good life. Like, I want to see you blessed. I want to see you prosperous. I want to see you healthy. I want to see you at peace. I want to see uh, your family intimate and strong and powerful. And to be very honest with you, these desires of mine is some of the motivating factor that I have to teach you the truth. Because I personally believe that our God is a God of success. God wants us to be successful. He wants us to prosper. It's a part of his goodness. 
but I don't just believe it, I know it. When we disobey the commands of God, it doesn't set us, set us up to be prosperous or successful. Now, we can prosper and be successful in the ways of the world, but when it comes to the ways of God, when it comes to being blessed, how God wants us to be blessed and having his peace and his love, when it comes to having uh, even the material things that God has promised us. If we don't do it God's way, there's only one other way, and it's the world's way. And the most miserable Christians that I've come across is the people who straddle the fence of these things. It's like one foot is following God and the other foot is in the world. My heart for you, and I'm about to shut up. That's all my notes. I'm just rambling, but I'm rambling good. So, (laughs) My heart for you is to be blessed. But in order for that to happen, I have to teach you about God's word and his ways, specifically over the last two weeks, his commands. Take this to heart. Consider it. You don't have to agree with me, but consider it and search it out for yourself. If you don't agree with me, there is the potential of the Ten Commandments giving you eternal life or, if not obeyed, causing you to experience eternal damnation. If you notice, the young rabbi was a believer. Some people think that once they start believing, they're in. It's like a free ticket. If that was the case, Jesus would have answered. Did I say young rabbi? The young rich, the young rich ruler. Uh, Jesus would have answered him differently. He would have been like, oh, you're good, dude. You're in with me. You got that ticket, brother. You got the train to heaven. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus was telling a believer If you want eternal life, then you need to obey these commands. So belief in Jesus isn't a free ticket to heaven. Jesus is just access to God. And is the starting point for us to enter into God's blessings and God's goodness. That is a byproduct of God's commands. Amen. So. Consider the Ten Commandments and consider the laws or the ways of God that is outside of the Ten Commandments that we still should follow and we should still make a part of our life. Amen? Bow your head. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for my church. I thank you for my church family. I hope I've done justice this morning to your words and your commands. Just reminding all of us starting with starting from me starting with me on the importance of doing what's right of obeying your commandments starting with the ten commandments convict us help us give us insight 
which is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding regarding your ways. So Lord, sometimes some of your ways can be easy for us to follow. Sometimes some of your ways can be quite hard for us to follow. Maybe they're hard because we don't understand them or maybe they're hard because we're just weak to them. But nonetheless, some of them can just be hard for us. Well, your word says that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So, God, I ask that you strengthen us today to obey your commands so that we do not offend you and so that we do not harm our brothers and sisters in the world. May we take it to heart. Maybe we sober our, our, our thinking up today for us to be aware and us to realize the importance of your commands. That you didn't give them to be hard and harsh, but you gave them to us because really your ways is the way for us to live a good life, a blessed life, a life of prosperity, a life of peace, a life of rest, strength, purpose, fulfillment. Help us to realize the importance of your commands in regards to our, our, our horizontal life and our vertical life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.